Folks, we are here. It is draft week. It is a beautiful week here on YWC Football Talk. we got a couple of OG guests of mine returning. But before we get started, I just want to always tell you guys, before we get started, YWC Football Talk, always presented by BetStamp. Link in the bio to sign up with the promo code GRIFFY. For the best odds for shopping for bets, use BetStamp. So, you guys can see it. Look, we're live on YouTube for the first time in forever. And for the first time ever in the history of this podcast, we are live on Twitter, a platform that really brought all three of us together. You see him below me. You got Nightmare 10. Phil is back once again. You have Joe Provost, the third. I had to bring in two of my friends who I know know not only know the draft, but know college football. But I'm going to get this started. How are we feeling today, gentlemen? Yeah, it's draft week. Um, I put it up there. Like the draft for me has always been like a top like sporting event of the year. I consume it even like I'm a day I'm a day two nerd and a day three nerd all about it. Yeah, that, that, and, that. and uh, go ahead, Griff. No, it's all good. I was gonna say I was just gonna say like good to hear, and then I was gonna go I was gonna cue to you, but you you go ahead. You say how you're how you're feeling, how you're looking forward to the week, and everything like that. Yeah, I I, I love the draft. I will say this like one one point of view like I mean, there's let's be honest like for years. The draft, it was still important. We did get a lot of draft picks, but, like, to me, it was, like, it just didn't hold the same weight because, like, we were always in a hunt of stuff. So now that we're, like, we need the, the draft, the draft is – I'm not – I don't want to say it wasn't important for 19 years. That's not what I mean. But you get what I'm saying? Like, where it just seems like – where now I feel like I'm more excited for the draft because it's that much more important because we need to build more pieces for a new future in New England. So I'm excited. I can't believe it's already here. Like, good Lord, the time flies. Yeah, but that's, that's the beautiful thing about the NFL, though. That's And I think both of you will agree with me on this in this take. that The NFL, like, it's the train that never stops moving. It always keeps going. There's always something going on. Now, obviously, look, there's a couple of points in the season where – in the year, excuse me, where it gets dead, and I'd say that's in the summer, like, pretty much from when minicamp ends to when training camp starts. But for the most part, look, this is a – I don't think there's a league that hypes their draft up as well and does as good of a job on the production side of it as the NFL. Like – Look at how it's still five months away from the season. We know we hell schedule release is coming out in two and a half weeks. Look forward out to that. And uh, I believe uh, I'll have to look it up. I'm pretty sure the game for the first ever game on Amazon Prime will be announced this Thursday at the draft. So stay tuned for that one. But okay. it's just a wonderful, wonderful time of the year. Football fans get excited. I feel like this is the time of the year. You know how they say week one, all 32 teams have hope. This is the time of year where all 32 teams can truly say, look, we have hope. We have aspirations. You want to see your team do well. You want to see your team get success. You want to see your team bring in the right guys. And honestly, there's there's nothing like the NFL draft. I mean, not, not yeah, knocking I you, this is kind of a low blow, but this is like Lions season right here. <laughs> this is, this is what's yeah, and I mean, growing up, growing up, the draft was always a big deal because like Griff kind of said, it's like even for the teams that, you know, have been bad, it's like, it's new hope, right? Um, and you hope that your team keeps building in the right direction. But I just want to hit on something that Griff was talking about. The NFL has, like, mastered the, like, the offseason, like, hype train. Because it felt like we were Super Bowl or playoff Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, like, it didn't even feel like it was that much time until, like, free agency frenzy happened. And then, you know, then you have Combine. Um, then you have the draft itself, you know, you still got free agents kind of, you know, signing here and there. Um, so yeah, they've just done a really good job of like mastering the off season, you know, kind of media, media trend. 
Exactly, exactly. That's a very good point. That's a very excellent point because with the NFL, they know that, look, they know how to keep their fans engaged. Like if you look at all the other sports, I don't know how locked in you guys are, but like with NBA right now and NHL, and I know MLB started, but MLB is a very different process. But with those two, the NHL and the NBA, they have their seasons and then they have the draft. They have free agency right after that. And then they go quiet for like six to eight weeks. The NFL, like I said, you only get a quiet period for maybe a month. And that's out of a 12-year, 365 day calendar. So the NFL, they know how to keep their fans engaged. They know how to make noise. There hasn't been – that's the other thing too. This offseason as a whole has just been crazy to where anything can happen. Anything can come out of the blue. Anything can – you know, anyone can get traded anywhere. And to Joe's point, too, I feel like there's a lot of players who are still waiting to sign, but I feel like they're going to wait and see what the teams that are interested in them do because they're not going to go somewhere where, you know, they may not be serviced because they just replaced someone who's going to replace them either this year or in a two to three years from now. I think that and you have some of the veterans who kind of know how to work the system a little bit. They don't. They don't want to have the pressure of going to some of these voluntary workouts where like, yeah, they're voluntary. Even if they were signed, they wouldn't necessarily have to be there. But if you're signed to a team and you don't go, you know, it's kind of like, oh, is this the best look being a new guy coming in, you know, not, you know, just diving right in head first, which I get both sides of the coin, right? Like you should be coming in if you're a veteran, you know, just I think it's position dependent as well. Um, if you've been around, you, you, you're quick to pick up like playbooks, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's just, a, but then at the same time, like they're all about, like, they want to, you know, maximize, um, they want to maximize efforts for like closer to the season and, you know, not wear and tear, especially since it's a longer, longer season now, um, going forward. That that's be that's a beautiful thing about the NFL season. And if also if you have like a pause there, I like wanted to wait to pause because I was gonna see if you want to speak, Phil, but then I didn't want to like have that whole like where someone gets in a word, so it's like eh, wait, wait, what? But I think that's the one thing we can all agree upon is that there's there's something weird about this beautiful game we love, and it's stuff like that that really makes it filled with parody and filled with excitement, and that's what the NFL draft brings. And with the NFL draft, this year the top five, I'm gonna let Phil before I know. I know you like to talk. You're you're a man of words. You're a man who can go on and on and on. But and that's not a dig. That's not a dig. It's just it's just something I'm saying. No, but I think it's a compliment. It's fine. But Joe had something that we were talking about before you actually got into the room, and he wanted to bring it up about this draft and with the top five. But I'm going to let Joe speak on it first before you and I get to it, Phil. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you know it's a it's it's a unique year where there's legitimately five players that. Um, like the Jags came out, right. And they said that they're down to four players, which I mean, they probably are closer to maybe like two or three. Um, but realistically there's four or five guys that could go, you know, number one, number two. Um, and that's pretty unique. Usually we kind of already know who's, who that's going to be, or definitely between two people. Um, and then, you know, beyond the top five, there's just, it's a year where it's not super top heavy, but there's just solid on paper, there's solid depth all the way, you know, going into the fourth, fifth rounds. I mean, there, there's a lot, it's, you know, not quarterback, you know, it's not a quarterback draft class. If you're in the, you know, kind of the hobby of like cards and stuff, it's not going to be one that people go crazy for group breaks or anything like that because quarterbacks are what sells, but it's going to be, it's a good year to have an abundant, uh, an abundance of picks. I think, especially for the teams trying to really turn it around. I think you can accelerate your rebuild this year. 
That's a good point, uh, Joe. Like, I, I think that uh, a lot of times, like, you know, because they're not quarter, like, if, if it's not quarterback heavy, a lot of people, like, just dismiss those drafts. And I think you made a good point. It's like, I think there's a lot of depth in this draft. So I think, you you know, it's like, don't let that discourage you to thinking, like, there's not going to be good, you know, um, maybe it'll bring to the card uh, side of it, maybe it'll bring some of the card prices down, <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> No, a Hutch rookie card will still go for a lot. It'll still go for a lot. But because when I look at the top five, I've seen some crazy takes of people. Like, obviously, there's the Trayvon Walker stuff to where Trent Baalke is super petty and hates Jim Harbaugh because of how that ended in San Francisco. I don't know if you heard about this, Phil, but he said that they may pass on Hutchinson for that sole reason. And I'm on the board of Mm -hmm. if the Jags do pass on Hutchinson, they're going to be picking top three again next year. Like, this is a player that can come in. He can be a generational talent. But... This is going to be a draft, too, where if someone falls for some reason, and we'll get into risers and fallers in a minute, I think there's a chance that it's going to throw a lot of people off their game. It's going to throw a lot of scouts and GMs in those war rooms. They're going to look around and be like, okay, what's going on? We ha- we wanted to take this player, but for some reason he was supposed to go three. He's now still on the board at pick seven. What's happening? And... It's going to be a good night for parody. This is a draft where, look, you may not get the casual fan's eye, but the junkies like the three of us, we're going to be locked in for all three days. For sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. I have I have a question, actually, because you, you brought him up. I have a question for Joe because he knows he's seen more of him. Do you really think Hutchison is a like number one overall, like that t- type of talent? And the, reason, the only reason I say that is I saw a small sample size from the games that I saw. But it just – it didn't seem like he was that – not that he was a good player, but it didn't seem like he's at that level. So I'm wondering if I just – maybe the games I watch, I miss something. Obviously, you know, that could happen, you know. So Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Is he, is he up there or is he just up there because of where we're at? No, I think it's it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, first off, I mean, we'll just – I know it's it, like it's so cliche, but like character, team captain, that kind of thing. So right away – um, if you're kind of looking for a guy with a high floor, meaning, you know, kind of, I don't want to say like boss proof because nobody at the end of the day is boss proof. If somebody gets injured, you know, that kind of thing, but he's got such a high floor and his ceiling is still super high, which is kind of, you don't always get that. Um, usually it's like, you know, a guy has a really low floor, really high ceiling, or, you know, just kind of in between, but with him, you kind of, I feel like you know what you're getting, good work work ethic, all of that all that cliche stuff. Like we'll get that out of the way. And then if you look at his production, I mean, his production was pretty solid. He did get roughed up a little bit in the Georgia game. Um that's still, I guess that's, yeah, that's still kind of the main one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but with a kid like that and a, you know, and I'm biased aside, like if he went if he played at, you know, gosh, you know, Florida A and M or something like that, you that's look at the production. Be. You look at the production, you look at um, his measurables, and I'm not, like, I know, like, a lot of people are like, oh, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, you know, making those types of things. I just, I don't, I'm not a big fan of doing that, but if you just look at the numbers, what we can compare, not, you know, just measuring what we see with our eyes, you know, he, he measures up to those guys. You look like some of the big, like, combine stuff. Um, like uh, three cone drill, which, you know, shows a play, like that's big for defensive ends. Can you bend and still move? 
you know, he was off the charts. Like he was measuring out better than like wide receivers that are considered great route runners that can bend and move the hips and flip the hips, corners, that kind of thing. He has all the measurables and then it's all about, and I think because like, okay, let's say he doesn't, he doesn't like, let's say he's peaked. He's already at peak talent, never going to get better. He just is where he is. I think taking a guy like that, it's not like you're going to look back and, you know, I'm drawing a blank of like a bad defensive lineman that's kind of busted, but you're at least going to get like some production. Cleveland like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So you're at least going to get something from him. He's going to be a, a contributor. You know, is, you know, is he going to, you know, be a perennial pro bowler? We don't know. We don't know that about any of these guys, but you, you do know what you're going to get and it's going to be a guy that gives it his all. So I think it's a combination. And plus we don't have quarterbacks, right? And so like pass rushers, you know, that's a bit, that's become like a big thing. You know, you got to get after the quarterback. Um, and this year, this year, you know, without like a crazy quarterback, we'll see what happens with Malik Willis. He kind of stuffs all over the map with him. I'm sure we'll get into that later, but that, I hope that answers your question a little bit. Yeah, you know, it does. It does. And I think that's, I think you made a good point too, that I've kind of said too, that I've told myself is I think people get trapped in these names like the Bosa's and expect like that kind of player. And that's like, you kind of yeah. have to like, like you said, you can only compare what you have, like the stats you have, uh, you know, you have the, the work ethic, things like that, where you can't just, you know, I think people like to, and I do it myself, I'm guilty of it. Like you like to look at someone player and compare them to someone else. And so I think that's what you got to kind of be careful of. But, right. But yeah, safe. I mean, if you're the Jags, you want a safe, solid role, like not role player, but you want a safe, solid pick. Like as long as he's good, bam. Like he, does, he doesn't even have to be great. I feel yeah, like just kind of – grab these assets and let the snowball kind of ball yeah. up and just have solid dudes everywhere. Because the teams that are turning things around are building on that line. Mm-hmm. They're building on the, yeah. the opposite the side of it or they're building on the defensive line. So yep. that's winning. That's getting teams back. Now, yeah, you have to have a quarterback that's competent, but I mean, I think that's where the, the true foundation of a team goes. And I think once you build on that, you can really see if your quarterback's where he needs to be. Yeah, and that's Trevor's exactly. I, I fully believe Trevor has, you know, if if he if he's given the the right weapons around him. I think also too, it's gonna be the right situation as well. We'll see how Doug Peterson does with him because obviously last year the coaching situation in Jacksonville was just another complete off the table, off the wall kind of thing. Um, like my big thing too is this: look, if Hutch for some reason doesn't go number one, and I know I said the take before, which I still will believe that they they'll pick top three again next year if they do not take Hutch. It's just the fact that when you see someone who has the talent and the potential, you got to go for it. Like, do you remember 2019 how there were some question marks around Kyler Murray, but we all get now why he was number one overall? Because I feel like that's the last draft where truly someone was – it was questioned. Like, 2020, we all knew it was going to be Burrow. Last year, we all knew it was going to be – well, actually, we knew for like two years it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. But it's just one of those things where this year – Anything can happen, but it's one of those things as well where make the right pick with logic. Don't do something because you're going to try to be different or do something, you know, where you're going to try to reach. Go for the pick because you know the guy has potential and go for the pick because you know that the player is going to live up to the hype. And that's someone what I see in Aiden Hutchinson. And also too, Phil, so you can know more about Hutchinson before the draft. Um Former guest of this podcast, Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus, did a series with Aiden Hutchinson and interviewed a bunch of people about him and like his just his upbringing and his 
journey through Michigan and everything. So it's called Hotch. I believe it's available on all podcast outlets and on PFF's YouTube channel. So go check that out if you want. It was just a quick shameless plug. Shout out to the legend, Randy. Yeah, shout out, Randy. Um, the only other players for the top five, really, where I'm trying to see, and I want to ask Joe this what, and Phil, too, what your opinions are. If you would decide, if you're an NFL GM and you had to decide between Evan Neal or Eki Aquanu, which way are you leaning and why? That's a good question. You want to go first, Joe? Or you want me to? Yeah, I'm. That's a hard. I'm one. probably, <laughs> I'm probably going Neal, and I like. I don't have a great reason why. Um, he, it was kind of, it was kind of scary at first for him a little bit. Like I think if he could go back. Because for the long time, like he was, he was kind of like, okay, going to be number two if not number one. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't, uh, didn't do the full combine, or did he do the combine at all? He he was at the combine. At I know the he combine. measured, but I don't know. I I can't remember if he did drills or not. Yeah, I don't think so. So I think, kind of, you know, I don't want to say it killed him, but you always wonder. It's kind of like, what do you have to hide, type of thing. Yeah. But then sometimes you you'll have players that have agents that say, you know, don't go work out. You can only get hurt or only hurt yourself. Even you know, and even kind of like, you know, it's an opportunity cost type thing where yeah, you you're sitting at two right now. Let's say you don't work out, you fall to five. Let's say you know, you do go work out, something bad happens, or you don't look super great on a particular day, you follow the like eight or nine. So it's kind of like, you know, keeping your floor at a certain level. Um, but yeah, I would go with Neil. I mean, dude's a monster, right? Six, seven, three thirty, just huge and moves super well. I know with um super Aquanu, lean as well. I know it's random, yeah, but he's, yeah, he's for three thirty, yeah. Um Iquanu, I know there's like there's some people say think that he's truly going to be a better guard and a guard's not really like what you're looking to get in the top seven. I think he's going to, I think he will, you know, the, whatever team takes him is going to give him a fair shot at, ta- at tackle, but that's yeah. the other thing, right? Is it going to be left tackle? Is it going to be right tackle? We've seen some guys like a Slater, like we've kind of seen some of these six, two, six, three, six, and before, if you weren't at least six, four, six, five, like forget the you're, you're getting moved to guard. Yeah. Um, so we've seen kind of an evolution there a little bit. Uh, but I just kind of feel like I like the size of uh, of Neil, and that's who I would go with. Yeah, I think I think Neil's just a safer pick as well because, I mean, you're, look, you're talking about Bama. Not, that, not, not knocking NC State, but, I mean, you know, he's got a lot of pressure at Bama. <laughs> um, so I, I do think um, – I think Neil's the better pick. I don't really have much to add. Joe nailed on, uh, on the head, but – I do think Neil's a better pick. I was, I just think that he's the the better of the two, but I don't I don't think you can really go wrong either way. Sorry about that. I was just fixing my lighting. Um I think Neil is just because I think it's the pedigree and the upside, but at the same time too, I don't think that um I just don't think that with, with a guy like Neil, you're getting the school, you're getting the pedigree. I think the Alabama name carries a lot of weight in the NFL. Obviously, like it's Alabama, it's the brass rail. It's like that. It's the gold standard. Um, but with school like Alabama, you're getting that reputation. Also, too, Alabama's starting to churn out a lot of offensive linemen, like Ryan Kelly, Jedrick Wills, Jonah Williams, who's finally starting to be good for Cincinnati. And now you have Evan Neal, and you're going to have other guys too coming out to where these guys are monsters. So. 
I, that's what I think personally is why I would go Neil over Aquano. But that being said, Aquano's still going to go top seven. He's still going to go top seven. He's still oh, yeah. he's he's going to be an impact player. So it's like just because we're taking Neil over him doesn't mean we think anything differently. Um, and one player I want to make note of as well is Charles Cross. I know he's not – a lot of people are so infatuated with those two, but Charles Cross is going to be one hell of an NFL lineman. Yeah, he's also a uh, – I'm pretty sure he's a sophomore, whereas um, – you know, or a redshirt sophomore. So yeah. uh, on the younger side, and I I mean, Neil's a junior, a true junior, I mean, which is kind of the same. But um, – He's just had more reps, that kind of thing. But I do agree. I think – and Charles Cross also, you know, he's he's been battle-tested in some of his games. There's good tape of him against some really good DNs. Um, but, yeah, you nailed it. Those are those are the three for sure. Um, and also line, the premier lineman, offensive lineman. And the other thing, too, with Cross as well is, is that if you want to know how good an SEC lineman is, they're going up against guys who are going to be NFL-caliber defensive linemen week in and yep. week out, not knocking the other conferences – but you have guys in you, you could have someone on hell Vanderbilt or another weaker SEC team. They're in the SEC for a reason. Um, Want to get to fan questions because, like I said, we had to shout out Randy, um, and we're going to be getting and he just keeps on popping in the questions. We love it. I want to ask you guys this, and but with the Packers, um, I think they do draft a wide receiver, but I don't think they do it on day one. I know they have the two picks they got there. And they have they got from Adams from Raiders. But I think with the guys that are there on day one, they can kind of sit back and wait because the Packers, for one, don't draft small wide receivers. But then they also, too, if you look at their history with receivers, Devontae Adams, I think, was a, a second or third round pick. Jordy Nelson was a pick that wasn't wasn't a first round pick. Um, and I think the same thing, too, with Greg, Greg Jennings and Driver, I don't think were first round picks. So, where do you guys stand on where do you guys stand on the uh, Green Bay Packers? Because obviously, look, that's the big question. Now, so definitely, they need a wide receiver. Yeah, I definitely think this is the year where they finally go and get one in the first round, especially having the two picks. And I think it's one of those things where you know, they got to like appease Rodgers. Now, this is a, you talk about depth. There's wide receivers that you know are in the second, third round that might end up being you know better than like a Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to be really, really, really good. Um, but I think I kind of have them pegged, you know, we'll see where Jamison Williams goes. Um, you know, like a Chris Olave type. I think they, they, I just can't imagine they don't come away with one of those two guys. Uh, you know, look at like another guy like George Pickens. He's, he's been mocked anywhere from like the late second round to like mid first Drake London, when the first mock drafts came out was like second round. Now he, some people have him as high as like 10. I've seen a lot of and, people saying that the, the Jets are going to go for him at ten. Yeah, so uh, it's a it's such a deep class where I do I get it they could wait, but I just I just think that to a, a kind of appease Rogers to appease the fan base a little bit after um, you know dealing Adams away, and I th- they they lost this um, they lost St. Brown as well, so I mean it's pretty bare there. They did they did sign Sammy Watkins, but. And they've they got uh, Amari Rogers as well. Yeah, they, but I still think they got to go get one more. You can never have in this day and age. You can never have enough wide receivers. It seems like. Um, so I absolutely do think that they go and get one um, on day one, and probably with their with the first of their first rounds. 
Yeah, just I think it just kind of depends on what goes down in the draft. Like I think it depends on how the like how it falls to them. But I think I don't think that like I'm I'm with Joe. I don't see how they can pass that up with their first pick. Like if those guys are there. Um, I think, you know, and, and even if they want to trade down or whatever, but I just, I just, I think, I think they have to take one out of the two, uh, out of the two, even if they, if there's value there with their first pick and they don't go receiver and they go with it with their second pick, I feel like they have to, I mean, you have two picks, that's, you got to use them, right? But it just depends on how the draft goes too, with a, a lot of things too, you know, that's the thing, but they also maybe receivers go early somehow for some reason. They also have the picks to move up to where if they see a guy that they want, don't wait and pounce on it. Like, or don't wait to fall for you because that doesn't happen all the time. You gotta get there's someone you like, you gotta go get them. You gotta, gotta, gotta go get them. Yeah, um, have conviction for sure. Yeah. Don't hold back. Don't do not hold back. It's like I say with sports gambling, go with your gut feeling. Um, next one from Randy is Tampa first. And before we get into other questions, my pick, and one I've been seeing a lot from, and I know Joe is going to praise this pick a lot, but it's Daxton Hill. Tampa's, we know the secondary was the question mark last year. They lost some guys in the offseason this year, I believe. I think it was Carlton sure, Davis. Yeah. Went to the, yeah, it was Carlton Davis uh, went to the Jets. So they, they uh, got to no. do something. Oh, uh, sorry. Was, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, Carlton Jordan Davis Whitehead. Jordan, it was, Jordan Whitehead. It was, yeah. it was Whitehead that went to the Jets. So, and I know he's yeah. a safety, but Daxton Hill's another guy where he's been mocked anywhere from the second round to day one, but I don't see him getting out. If you're looking to get him like mid-day, mid-round two, I don't think so. I think Daxon Hill is that kind of guy where, Phil, like we saw with the Patriots last year with Christian Barmore, remember how they moved up with Cincinnati to go get him? Daxon right. Hill is that kind of player where you need to move up if you're wanting to go get him. If you see him available at 27, I believe it's the Buccaneers are picking at 27, you pounce yeah. on him at 27 if you're uh, Jason Light. Yeah, and I don't even see Daxon Hill again. No Michigan bias, I promise. I'll be if he falls to the Bucks there. That I'm sure, like they will run that note card up there as fast as they can. Um, but I don't see him falling uh, that far. Uh, he's a versatile guy. His coverage is a little bit suspect, which I know is kind of he can improve on it for sure. Um, but he's a guy that you can use in the nickel to cover a third wide receiver and you, he can play safety and he's a great tackler in the box. Super, super physical. Um, so yeah, I do. I don't think he's going to fall to the box. I would love to see that. It's kind of something that they need. Um, need you hit it grip. They do need help in the secondary and defense in general. Um, but I, unfortunately I just don't think he falls there. The other, yeah. before Phil talks, I just want to say something. The other position I could see them going with is the tackle someone to partner up with uh, Vita Vea, especially since uh, Stu hasn't resigned yet. That's true. That's, that's another piece yeah. I can pick up. But like Devontae Wyatt type or something like that, if uh, his off the field. Yeah, I think he, I, you know, again, like sometimes in the draft, there's like an SEC bias. And it's uh, Georgia, we were talking a little bit before um, we went live here. With Georgia this year, I mean, they have so many dudes that I don't even I, – I, it would not shock me if some of the – like, I think Jordan Davis is going to be solid. Um, but I think, like, with – they have, like, five – four or five linebackers in this draft. And I – N'Kobe Dean, probably going to be pretty good. Um, but I don't, it wouldn't shock me if he's not even the best one. So, yeah, it's just – it's really hard to tell. Again, you got Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt like, which – you know, was it was it scheme? Was it 
uh, a kind of a combination of all these guys playing together and, you know, just dominating on the defensive side of the ball. We're not going to, we're not going to know until these guys are out there a little bit like the tape, you, you can look at the tape, but a lot of it, you know, different schemes playing with really good players it all, ma- it makes everybody's job easier. So we'll see what happens, but look for Devonte Wyatt to the Bucks there if he's available. Yeah. I think you have to also, uh, Joe, you have to like, um, it's just a fit too. Like some people, I mean, yeah, like GMs think that they draft, like they're trying to draft for the best fit, but sometimes they, they take the best available there and it's not, it just doesn't, it's not a good fit either. Um, and we see them thrive in their next team. So it's just like, you know, with so many Georgia, what are you saying? I, I didn't hear what he said. The team that always drafts for best available more than need is the Arizona Cardinals. So I had, yeah, to, I had to get that out there. I, I had to get and that out there. The only one I actually agree with was, was uh, when they took Jake, uh, I'm butchering his first name, but Simmons from uh, Clemson. Like, yeah, I couldn't like believe Simmons it. and Murray are the exemptions in that. Simmons and Murray are the exemptions. They had, they had to do on that one, but yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the Bucks, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'll be honest. Like, there's a lot of there's some uh, uh, players I don't know that well in this draft, so just going to throw it out there. But I do think they need to take cornerback, whether they need to trade down because that guy's not there. Um, you're going to hear that a lot from me tonight, but I just think that they're going to, you know, I think. Uh, cornerback is definitely for sure what they need um and i think in the draft is a good place and the patriots are 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 a team that that does it other teams have done it um where it's like you you kind of get a collection of guys so you can find out which one um is the guy that you want and i know that's like you don't when you take a first round pick that's not necessarily what you need um but sometimes that's just how it works out just kind of depends on the draft and later 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 first round picks it to me are, are pretty much second round picks anyway if you ask me but um because they're, you know, but yeah, I just think you, that's why. I think they need that. But that's why, for as much as day one matters, day two and day three are when you win the draft oh and when God. you truly get the guys that make differences. Like Phil, we're gonna see with the Patriots this year. They drafted two guys, defensive end, linebacker last year, Ronnie Perkins and guy that Joe knows very well, Cameron McGrone out of Michigan. Now both guys didn't play a lot last year. McGrone obviously had the torn ACL. One was a Joe November of 2020. I think it was later in the year. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So with that though, so they're going to, they want to see guys like that who can compete. So maybe a lot of guys that, you know what, for a first rounder, obviously you want to make a day one impact, but there's going to be a lot of guys later on in the draft that teams are going to look at. And you know what, they're putting long-term hopes that this guy's going to turn into something because if you can make a fourth or fifth round pick into something, that's what teams remember the most. First rounder is obviously important, but it's those late picks that, guys who could come in and make a difference that really went over people's hearts and also to help win people fantasy football. Look at Amon Ross St. Brown last year. He's a guy that no one saw. There's a lot of the hardcore draft nerds, shout out Keegan Stiefel, who knew that guys like Amon Ross St. Brown were going to be good in the NFL, but not a lot of people saw it right away. Now look at Amon Ross St. Brown. He's one of the top players. It's like running backs too. Like a lot of these round one running backs haven't amalgamated anything. You look at the top five running backs in the NFL right now, they were all day two draft, day two, or even some were day three draft picks. I will, ne- I will stand by it. I will never understand. Well, I want to say never because there's some, there are some exceptions to this, so I will preference that. But I will never understand taking a, a running back, even if that's what you desperate like. There's just there's there are exceptions, but a first a running back in the first round doesn't a lot of times make sense. To me. And I think it's more so like a high second anyway. So. I'm not talking about those teams. Like a Najee Harris was a good, was the right pick. I'm not saying like that's. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say like Najee was good, but sometimes it's like even if a, even if a dude is gonna be 
like really, really good. It's like, okay, but like, can I go get a defensive tackle here? Can Can I go get a linebacker here and still get a quality running back in round four or five? That wouldn't be there in round four or five. Um, as far as like a defensive tackle or a linebacker that caliber. As high as I was on, on Travis Etienne, I still thought that pick was terrible by the Jags. I think that they, they, they there could yeah. have been a better pick there. Um, now, he got hurt. Obviously, it's easy to say that now. but It also shot James Robinson's fantasy value at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it did. But, I mean, I just – I think – I think I, and I was high. Like I said that in that draft, I said that's the guy you – that's the guy you want. But I just don't think that for them that – that was their that should have been the pick. Like I thought for sure Bucks, you know, that was the pick. Obviously the Jags, you know, got him. But um that's just an example. I just I just think it's be weary about I don't know. I mean the Giants franchise is still think wondering why they picked Saquon Barkley. So <laughs> that that's already. the so, thing um, too. I'm pretty sure if you would ask any Giant fan right now, they would say they'd rather have Quentin Nelson over Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it's because I mean I'm not saying don't like if the if the like there are exceptions like I said, but like with the, when it comes to a running back, like look at these teams that you know that win the Super Bowl, like the running backs like I'm not the Super, but the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, and these teams aren't like teams that are winning the Super Bowl and do not have these overpaid running backs or these star running backs. Very few. There are some exceptions. Like I said, but very few times do, do, the, do the teams that even both teams that make it don't have that like, that kind of running back. Even though the, the Bengals did have a you know Joe Mixon's a great, but Joe Mixon was a second round pick though. That's yeah. So there you go. He's not even yeah. So like you know right. So Jonathan Taylor pick. second round pick. Um, the next one I had just for this is going to pertain to Phil and I because Randy keeps coming in with this. Um. Patriots are going to draft a quarterback at some point. I don't have any doubts in that. It's just a matter of who. Like, I would love to see Sauce Gardner, but – and Joe is going to agree with me on this. Sauce Gardner is not probably going to make it out of the top ten. Someone's going to take him. Um, but I'm looking at, like, a Kyler Elam from Washington or, like, an Andrew Booth out of Clemson to be there at 21. But with the Patriots, Phil, I don't know where you see position-wise, but I see if they want to go one of – I'd say four ways if they want to go corner receiver tackle or linebacker. I think that's what, what you're going to see the main priority being for them. Because if you look at it running back, they're set up Harris Stevenson, two running backs as well. Both were day three picks. Uh, James white receivers were good. Receivers were good, but we can add um, Debo Samuel. You know what to do. Um, Throw the money. I don't see what it takes. Trade this tight pick for Debo Samuel. I mean, that's what I'm that's saying. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But that's my that's my biggest thing with the Patriots is, Phil, it's those four positions where, look, with the mm-hmm. linebacking core, Hightower, I know we love him, but he's probably – he's pro, he's past Has his he prime already. He's, he hasn't signed yet. He's going to be one of those guys yeah. that will sign in, like, May or June. Time. Like, he, he hasn't signed. Tyron Matthew hasn't signed. There's still a lot of guys out there who haven't signed. Um, but that, that's my that's my big four. But if they're if the Patriots if the Patriots do want to draft someone in the corner position exactly, I'm looking at Kyler Elam or Andrew Booth because those are guys that are going to be there at 21. Yeah, I I just don't I, I don't think quarterback in the first round. I think they do draft one. I do. I oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guys, who they I think they would take in the first round. That's all. If they do go, right? No, I got, I got what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I'm. That's just my. Like, I don't think they're gonna take a cornerback in the first round. But I do think. I mean, they gotta. They gotta make a pick for sure. 
Um, or they move back to build more stock for day two if someone comes, comes they, they calling. Gotta make a pick. They don't have to make that pick right there. Like they'll pop, honestly, I want to see who's there. Like this might make me another draft where it just makes sense to trade back. Like I, I I'm just being honest. Like it just depends on what's there. Um, and I know that we don't necessarily need him, but like I feel like George, like I would be totally okay if we drafted Jordan Davis. I've seen a lot of Mac dra- mock drafts having us draft him. I'd be fine with that, but I don't. I know a lot of. I mean, I'm not saying that directly helps the need, but can I cut you off for a second? Yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this: if you have a defensive line that includes Jordan Davis and Christian Barmore, yeah. no running back is gonna have a good day against the New England <laughs> Patriots. Those are two big boys who can stuff the run. We saw Christian Barmore prove that he's a stud on the line. Him with Jordan Davis is something deadly. But you know, and we and I think Joe or it might have been you, Griff, that pointed this. Like this is a league you got to get. To, I think Joe said it. You have to get to the quarterback. So DNs is like, I mean, you, if you don't have two solid DNs, like that's where those are D tackles, by the way. I know, no, I know, but I'm saying like yeah. on top of that, okay, yeah, D tackle is important, but that's where like it just that drives the game. Like you've got to. So if you, you know, if you can solidify the middle, then the outside becomes important. You know, so it's it's I guess it's, I don't I didn't really word that the way I wanted to, but you get what I'm saying. The D line is very important. I'm, you're not winning if your D line sucks. You're not winning. Like I'm, I, I can say it over and over again. But D line and O line football is one in the trenches. Joe, you were talking about this earlier, and I'm going to go back to you because it's been a while. And Phil, you and I can go. Who's going to be a quarterback the teams reach for? I think I already have my answer, and I think we talked about this earlier. But Joe, out of all the QBs, who do you think that there's going to be one guy who they draft that you know what's viewed as? I don't know if they made that pick at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I count Malik Willis at this point because he has just fired up. Yeah, he's he was all over the place, and even to this day, he's a little bit all over the place. But now there's some like mocks out there that have him going like top five, which is just like teams trading up. Um, I know the first like if we kind of go chalk, like the draft is is going to be what it is kind of the first team that kind of pops out is the Panthers. I know that's kind of a like a popular one right now. And I, I'm not against it. There's a lot of people that are hoping the lot like that are calling for the Lions to take them, which would just be a huge mistake. They've just got so many holes to fill. You have Jared Goff this year, just throw him out there. Let him, you know, do his right, thing. Which isn't, right. Yeah. They're just not ready for that yet. Especially like you got a part of the draft is thinking, I think with a little bit of foresight, like, you look at next year, next year's quarterback uh, draft class should be pretty solid, especially compared to this one. Um, it'll be real interesting. I know, like, there was even a little bit of Desmond Ritter buzz, maybe teams liking him over, like, a Kenny Pickett as far as who goes number two. Um, but that would be my answer. I think, you know, Malik Willis is probably going to get taken. There's enough intrigue there. You have these scouts that are coming out saying that, they have like if he was in last year's class, they would have him ranked higher than um, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. So, and I know he impressed in his uh, in his um, pro day, but I'm just as far as like what I'm concerned about, I, I'm just not going there with him. He could end up being good, but I I just I think the, I think the risk outweighs the potential reward. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think- no, I was gonna say I think top five is ridiculous. That would be you're making a huge mistake. It's too much. Like, okay, if it pans out, great. But if it does, there's just more 
chance of it not panning out to be a top five. Like, like he'd have to, he has to be like, he has to win his, like he has to be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback at that point. Like anything less, like even if he gets you like, like no, he has to be really. And I just think that's too much. Like you're asking too much of him. Um, and I, I think he, he would really, honestly, he's going to, I think he's going to get picked too high. I agree with, with Joe on that. Cause that, cause I'll be honest, I was not high on him at all. I saw him play. I saw him beat my coach, Carolina. Sean declares and we're not going to talk about that game, but <laughs> like I, I was even down on him. Even I was like, okay, he's not like what, it, like he's mobile. What it, but like, even I've watched like the combine and stuff like that and seen him. And I'm like, okay, maybe I need to change my mind. This dude looks, but I think that sometimes can really be like a, Oh, look, they like flash like this little shiny light at you. And you're looking at the light, you're blinded by the light and not seeing what's his, his actual issues are, um, which he had in college. So, um, I don't. I think they're going to reach on him, but I think another one I'm I'm hearing a lot of people like trading up to get, and I don't see it. I just do not see it. And that's Matt. I think I'm going to butcher his last name, but Matt Carroll from Ohio, Ole Miss. Corral. I've seen Corral. I've seen people. Huh, Corral. See, I knew I'd butcher it. Like the see, restaurant. Uh, Corral. Oh yeah, Matt Golden Corral. That's set now. That's his name. <laughs> Matt Golden Corral. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen some picks. I just don't see it. I don't see. Like he seems like a project. I don't see why he why people would reach on him. But yeah, he's he's been mocked to the Lions a little bit with the Lions' second first round pick, which is the last pick of the first round. Uh, I just hate 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 the idea of a back end first round quarterback because if you look at the history going back um, to Aaron Rodgers, because he was kind of toward a back end, you know, first round quarterback. You go back and look at that list the bust rate or like the dudes that just aren't even like, it is, it is awful. Like it is bad. Um, and those Roger dudes, sat for a long time. And those, like, those dudes know. rarely, those dudes rarely pan out. I mean, you look at like all the dudes, the Browns took toward the back, you, the Brandon Whedon's, Johnny the Manziel's Johnny Menzel's, the, uh, oh God, I mean, there's just been so many uh, Paxton Lynch, like, yeah, Paxton Lynch was a late one. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you know can I cut you off for a second? Do you know the story that the Dallas Cowboys were so desperate to get Paxton Lynch because Jerry Jones was so infatuated with him and that they told him, don't do it, don't do it, and he was so mad. But then I think them not doing it, because imagine if they go Paxton Lynch over Dak Prescott in that 2016 draft. So it's just one of those things that makes you think. I mean, even like like I, I'm guarantee you the Packers regret Jordan Love. I mean, now everybody was kind of like weirded out by that pick, anyways. Like I pulled it up. You go back to twenty. You go back to twenty eighteen, back into the first. I mean, you, that's the exception, right? You got yeah. Lamar. Ja- you got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Um, I was gonna say is the exception here. Yeah, but then uh, like outside of that, it's just like even mid first round, some of the quarterbacks. Josh Rosen at ten in twenty eighteen. Yeah, and you got your Deshaun Kaiser. It's just, that's the thing about the pack. You, you said something about like with Jordan Love. It's like it's not necessarily because we haven't seen like enough of him. I feel like, but it's yeah. like he's not going to play in any like he's like in a kind of like a Jimmy Garoppolo uh, situation. If he's not going to get traded, then it's like you took you went to way too early for a backup quarterback. You know, it's like I agree with that. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, Tim Tebow, which <laughs> I mean, you just go down the list. It is. Josh Freeman, but um, with that 2011 draft though, like that, like Phil, if you ever go look at that draft, that's one of the greatest drafts of the last 20 years. 
But the thing with that draft was, I think so many teams were QB desperate because of the lockout and they couldn't sign guys. So that's why they decided, you know, that's why like Jake, it was like, it was literally, I think Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, Blank Albert all went within like from picks, I think eight to 13 that year. Eight, eight, 10 and 12. Eight, 10 and 12. Exactly. So look at those guys now. One is Bruce Arians, most underrated quarterback. One's out and the other two are out of the league. Yeah. 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 I'm just I'm just not a fan, especially like your team with like the Lions. Yeah. You've got a lot of holes. You fill elsewhere and then attack that quarterback position a different avenue, whether that's the draft next year, which will probably will be, but I just like I have no interest in a Matt Corral at 32. I have no interest in Sam Howell at 32. If 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 you thought that those were your dudes, go get them higher. Yeah. Like they're not and nobody and nobody else is taking them with how important the quarterback position is, it's just like, come on. Yeah, I think it just like, yeah, I think people get so desperate. And it's like, if you know a guy's like, like, you know, it's like you can, if you're, if, you know, like with the Jordan Love situation, get him in the second. I mean, I'm not saying they would have gotten him particularly in, the, in that case, but I'm just saying like second or third round, get that quarterback, like get one of those guys. Cause they're all about the same. So get one of those guys, if you're going to have him sit and you don't know when he's going to start. Like, I feel like you're st- like, you need a starter start almost almost starter ready if not like if not the first year like close to the second year like if you're yeah. picking that early exactly so i think a like, lot of people are going ahead and doing it and it's just like i don't know well that's the thing though too where joe nailed it on the head with a lot of those quarterbacks that you take later on you're like you expect them to be something if you see a guy you like and you want him to start immediately go get him don't wait and then just have him sit for a few years because the longer he sits you don't know what's going to happen like Aaron Rodgers, I know he's out for three years, and he's an exception, and Lamar Jackson's an exception. But besides those two, it's but today's not world, a they're not going to sit. Like to yeah. be honest, Aaron Rodgers is the last of his breed because no one's going to if they're a good quarterback, and and especially if they get a chance to show that in one or two games. Like Garoppolo was the was a prime example. Like he's a second not round pick, though. Win. Well, right, but I'm saying like those backup quarterback, if they're any good, they're not going to sit there. They're going to like. They're not sitting behind a quarterback forever. They're, you're going to get to a point where you have It's to a more it. unique situation in today's yeah. game, yeah. I will say. Yeah, yeah and it's like, um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't think that's, it's just not, I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen, period, but it's just very, like, to do that. But I will say, to counter all, everything that we have said, sometimes if you know the end is coming, <clears throat> Steelers, now they have to take somebody. You know, instead of getting their guy, there is no, oh, well, he's our guy. You have to take somebody now. So like if you don't like or use that capital to go get some go not even through the draft. Yeah, right. So like I mean that's fine but like like now like I, I think that's when you you it's it's hard to judge sometimes. Like I, like we said like you can't have you know you get a guy that sits behind him but I think the Steelers are a prime example of if you do know you need to get somebody because now they're going to have a a small pool where they could have had a couple years saying okay well this is our guy we won't let's move in. Let's not draft. I mean, and maybe that's what they're doing with pick. I don't think that that's what you can't have your cake and eat it too, essentially. Right. So Um, it just, it's got to be, it's just boils down to the draft is very complex. There's so many different avenues that you have to remember. All these players are lottery tickets at the end of the day. You just have to wait and see if your numbers get called. Like by that, I basically mean to see if the player pans out. I don't want to so much answer this question, but, and I'm not dunking on you, Randy, but. I feel like with a question like this, I think it's just too early to say for any draft that, like, you know, 
this guy, first ballot Hall of Famer, all that stuff. Like, there's some guys that, like, you look at, like, you potentially could see, like, you know, Hutchinson or, like, Al Jordan Davis, guys we think that are going to come in and be great. But I feel like to answer a question like this is, like, how, like, you know how those crazy ESPN dates, ESPN debates, Phil, where it was, like, when the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl was, will Patrick Mahomes catch Tom Brady? Now we know no one's probably going to catch Tom Brady. We're seeing that what Tom Brady did was so unique for all those years as all three of us, we love him. But do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you go back to draft day 22 years ago and you look at someone and say, that guy's going to win seven Super Bowls and be the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think anyone would believe you. So that's, that's the beautiful thing about the NFL game. So I'm not dunking on you, Randy. I'm just saying, I think it's too early to tell if someone's going to be a hall of famer or not. Obviously there's a lot of guys that like right away you look at in the league and you go, he's going to Canton. He's got potential to go to Canton, but I think with a lot of these prospects, you just you just can't do that. It's just not fair to the kids. And perfect example off the top of my head, the very first person I think of, Andrew Luck. He was a surefire thing. Sure, and I'm not saying it's talent. Like he got beat to hell in Indy, so it's not all his yeah. fault. But I'm just saying, like he was a surefire thing, and just so much can happen. Like it's not something like you know. I understand the question, so like once again, I'm not knocking on Randy either. But it's the same thing with the Mahomes thing. Like don't like it doesn't help the player. And I'm not saying like, okay, people say, well, yeah, like he listened to that. He did listen to that. I don't care what anyone said. He did because it's clearly affect like part of it has affected his game. Like it's just, it just, you can't, you can't crown someone before they're there. Mahomes is a great quarterback and I'll never take anything away from him. That's not what I'm saying, but I just think it, you can't, you can't, you can't, it's like playing like, I mean, I could pick anybody from this hat, you know, it's like even the people like Andrew Luck who have all this potential that we think Trevor Lawrence talent wise, has up there but there's so many elements does does he fit there does he ever get the right coach does he ever get a team like a good a great offensive line and a great defense there's just so many elements which is what i love about the nfl because it's not as much as i love everyone loves quarterback play like it's not it's way more than that so you know it's just very you know it's, it's easy to say like this guy's gonna be a hall of famer but it's just not that easy unfortunately joe yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys. Even going back to like last year's draft, you know, I, I can't tell you who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, so really difficult to pick before this one. For I will just for the, I'll uh, I'll entertain the question a bit. Um, my pick, if I like, just completely going in blind, maybe might be fun to look back at it five years <laughs> or ten. <laughs> Um, when Joseph is going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> right. 52 minutes um, in episode 165, we're bookmarking yeah. it. Mark yeah, cue up, up the old takes exposed. Um, or freezing cold takes. But, uh, man, I, I it, the question kind of got me thinking. It's like, okay, like, if we're going to break it down, like, what position group are we going? You know, line, you, you know, average lineman years aren't, like, super long. But they don't necessarily have to be to be a Hall of Famer. Um, a wide receiver. I'm going to go with a wide receiver probably. Um, but even then, it's just tough, right? Because they have to be in the right situation. Um, I'm going to go. I, you, you guys will hear me say his name. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. He's my favorite receiver in the draft. So we'll go with Garrett Wilson. I, I like it, but the scary thing about Ohio State is the fact that their best wide receiver is still at that school from last year's team. He emerged. I don't know that going into last year he was the best one. By the end of the season, I mean. Yeah, 
And of course, like he, you know, Utah in the Rose Bowl had a bunch of guys sit out, you know, typical. That was such a good game. Really good, really good, really entertaining game. Um, and so, of course, you know, Olave Wilson didn't play. So, I mean, he was like, you know, kind of like the dude. He was uh, he was the target. So, I mean, but you look, Ohio State wide receivers, it's kind of opposite of their corners. Like we talked about outside of um, Lattimore and Ward. Um, a lot of Ohio State corners kind of, eh. Who's but, got a nice payday, by the way. Right. Um, but you look at the wide receivers, and they usually are pretty, pretty solid. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and just to show that I can put Michigan stuff aside, I'm gonna go with Garrett Wilson just to entertain the question, bookmark it, we'll see what's up. Exactly. Um, I'm gonna go back to our topics we're talking about right now. Um, before we get to the risers, I want you guys to give me a player. I don't feel like you're not too, too familiar with a lot of this class, but I'm going to, with players that you potentially could see falling down the draft boards, um, there was one I wanted to go with, but I'm not going to go with him because I feel like someone's going to take him. Uh, the player that I could see potentially falling a bit, a bit, is uh, Trevor Penning out of Iowa. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that in a bad way because he's going to be a bad player. But he's going to be a player that I think is going to get – like when I say fall, I mean outside of the top 10, him or Drake London. I feel like those are guys I guess people have in the top 10, but I think are going to go in the teens. There's going to be guys that are going to be there. I still – like that's, that's just me though, but I still feel like those two players are going to be great. But those are the first two players that come to mind where I feel like if you see them start to fall down the board, don't be – shocked and I'm not dunking on them or their talent I'm just saying those are guys where I feel like you know what may not get picked right where people think they're going to get picked yeah uh, I think um that's a good pick uh there's a couple guys like I'll admit um David Ajabo of course because of what happened I mean he was like a top you know testing kinda, was you, weird yeah, he was between like thirteen and like nineteen ish, pretty safe to say. And now, like, fortunately, I think there's enough potential there where some, some mocks have him still going like twenty nine, thirty, and then all the way to sliding to like mid of round two. Um, so I won't count him just because of kind of what happened. Um, one guy that is, he is still interesting. Uh, probably not year one. Right, I didn't think so. Uh, okay. Who's the yeah, I don't. The guy he's talking, the Michigan player, right? Yeah, we're talking about yeah. Yeah, Phil asked if he was going to play this year. And Is it like a Quiddy Pay situation? His injury? No, not his injury, but just his overall like where he can fit in scheme wise. Yeah, he's very similar. Um, and I, a lot of people, you know, were wondering like, did he benefit off of Hutchinson? Did Hutchinson benefit off him? Kind of a mutual, definitely mutual thing. Like, there's no denying that. Um, but I think each have a skill set that you know you're going to be you're typically going to be playing with another good edge rusher or at least decent. So, um, but my pick is actually going to be another Iowa dude, um, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, Ooh, he, yeah, he he was like early on. He was up there with like Neil and. Equanu. Um, Some people had him early going top 10. Yeah, like seven, eight, nine type stuff. I and think, now I'm seeing, I, now I I'm seeing like, on that? 
Yeah. I think Creed Humphrey is a big reason why. I think a lot of people started looking at the center position and going, okay, we need to get on that early. But I think a lot of people started coming back to earth where they realized, okay, look, we don't have to take a center right away. And I think teams like versatility and yeah. they're unsure of him. Like he's just a center. Whereas like, even though he, he played all five positions at one point at Iowa. So college game kind of, so there was a guy at Michigan a few years back, Mason Cole yes. um, drafted, drafted by Arizona. Um, and he played all five positions. He, and that's super, you know, he could do that at the collegiate level, at the NFL level, you're kind of, he was, you know, center ideally but could fill in at guard when you're looking at um uh linda bomb people people thought like okay he can play guard but then they started like his measurables and stuff really short arms that kind of thing whether or not team some teams definitely are going to be turned off by that some are going to say hey the tape proves itself the dude the dude is a mauler in there um so we'll see uh but i i think you know Definitely based on, like, where he was at one point, he's already sliding a little bit, so that might be me cheating a little bit. But I, I could see him, like, maybe not even top 20. Yeah, I could see him late day one, early day two. Yeah, the, the only person I – like, just based off of the, the knowledge that I have, um, and I w- honestly wouldn't be shocked either way, so it's kind of a cop-out answer um, because I wouldn't be shocked if they s- still take him. But I could see him dropping, a, like, a little bit you know, just in case, like sometimes we, you know, you see a guy that gets hurt and people don't care like a waddle. Like, I don't think he really dropped even when the people, even though he was hurt. Um, but I think sometimes you do see that drop. So it just kind of depends on what they see out of him. But I think Jameson Williams could be, that could be a possible um, Jameson Williams. That could be possible with him. He could drop uh, because maybe they see something that does scare them. Um like I said, I wouldn't be shocked either way, but that is, I have seen it go both ways, so I think that that could be a possibility. Before we get to the risers, Randy brought up this question of who are some players that are underrated in this draft? I'm going to give you guys a name. I don't know how well he's talked about, but I think he's going to be really good in the NFL, and that's Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce. He's a guy that's starting to catch a lot of attention. I think he's going to be a day-two receiver, but he's a player I look at that can come into the league, and you know what surprise a lot of people? He could probably maybe – catch some balls here and there because obviously that's his job as a receiver, but then also to maybe fill in the punt game for a, or a return game for a team that needs it. But Alec Pierce is a player that I have that is underrated for this draft. Well, yeah, I, I mean, look at, uh, I'll go ahead, Phil. No, no, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Um, another wide receiver. And th- this wide receiver class is crazy because like I said, I, I, as good as I think Garrett Wilson is going to be, there, it would not shock me. And again, I just put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it would not shock <laughs> me if, um, if like some of these day two wide receivers like are like studs. And one of them that I know teams are starting to kind of like come around on a lot is Christian Watson. Yes, um, six six four, solid route runner. Um, he kind of just does it all. A good physical dude can block on the perimeter. Uh, he He's underrated. And I think if that's like the opposite case where like sometimes we look a lot at like these Georgia and Alabama guys and kind of think, okay, is it just kind of that stigma? Well, this is a small school dude. If he played in a power five conference, we would be talking about him going top 15. No question. 
I completely agree with you, Joe. All right, so I have I have two because I forgot about one just now, so I got to mention him too. But the first one I'm going to mention, and I don't even know if underrated necessarily, but I want to make sure he gets mentioned on this podcast. Um, he is the rank, he's the third ranked best tight end, but that's my boy Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Like I really do, I'm really high on him. Granted, I'm biased. I will completely say that I am, but I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. I think he's going to be a good tight end. Um, but the one that I really have that I saw on the board, um, I've seen on the board that I think it's going to, like he said, day two. I don't know what he's actually projected. I just see that he's ranked like the 18th best receiver. Um, but I, I saw him in Clemson, and he got kind of overshadowed by the other other guys. But Justin Ross, and this is coming from a Gamecock fan, by the way, but Justin Ross is going to be, I think he's going to be a career guy in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to be like over the top, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be there for a while. If you look at Clemson receivers in the NFL now, uh, I mean, that have, I mean, Sammy Watkins has lasted for so long. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I know those are higher level guys, but I think Justin Ross is going to surprise some people. Yeah, he's a tall. He's kind of a taller dude, right? Yeah. Like six three, six yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where it goes to the risers because I wanted to get a lot of guys who can like rise up boards. Um, mine is actually someone who you guys have as a faller. Mine is Jamison Williams. Now I know he tore his ACL. Uh, in the Natty back in January, and I know he's probably not going to be ready. I think it's until like October, maybe even until Thanksgiving, uh, American Thanksgiving. That is because remember, two Canadian, two Americans and a Canadian. But I just still feel like his upside is so huge that someone is going to take him. And don't be shocked if he goes to the Falcons at number eight. I'm just going to say that right now. I feel like, and look, Atlanta. I know Atlanta is in a burn it down year, so they could go in a different direction and fill another hole. But I feel like with Jamison Williams, um, how am I guess how's I gonna say this? With Williams, I just feel that someone's gonna someone's gonna see the upside and not ignore it. Joe, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure. Oh, you I didn't, I, I, yeah, I didn't see that Phil took off. I was going to defer to him. Um, yeah, no, I that's that's a good pick. Like I said, I, I think Phil had him as like a as a guy that might slide a bit due to the injury. Um, I'm looking at a guy. Uh, wide receiver seems to be the theme. Um, uh, George Pickens. I think he he was my. He's another dude that was coming off an injury. He got to play a little bit in the playoffs. Um, Super physical guy. Uh, everybody likes the highlight of him kind of throwing Dax Hill to the ground, who we've talked about, physical yeah. kind of safety, nickelback. Um, I, I like George Pickens quite a bit. I think I think if it had not been for his injury, he's probably like a surefire day one. As of right now, he's kind of anywhere from like mid three to high two. Yeah. Um, so with with not as much high two, so I look for him to kind of come off the board a little bit earlier on day two than what what's being projected. Yeah, I, I agree with that too with Pickens. And also to another player that I could see going up draft boards, it's going to notice as well, going back to Big Ten country, is uh, Purdue's George Karloftis. I feel like he's a player that wherever he ends up, he's going to be a good defensive end for. Yeah, he's just going to be solid. He reminds me kind of like a, like a smaller version of, of like a Ryan Kerrigan type a little bit. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see that. I just know that's a player that certain draft analysts have been quite uh, – not quite, but I've seen them kind of like sweet towards. I know that's a weird word, but that's what it is. 
Um, Randy actually has a question here, Joel, that I'm going to let you elaborate on. Who are some players that did great in the combine but won't draft well or opposite? Like, who do you think a player that, you know what, they could slide for a number of reasons or, you know what, their combine numbers may not line up to where they exactly fall in the draft? Yeah, there's – so we'll start with kind of – um, guys that performed performed well, I think kind of due to the position we talked a little bit about, um, solid production was in the Heisman kind of running um, for most of the season. And again, it's position-based, and I think that's probably why he's not getting as much buzz. But uh, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, yeah, he uh, – I mean – he had a day against Michigan, and they they aren't even in that game if it's not for him. I, I haven't seen a running back take over a game like that in a long time, especially against a good defense. Um, so he kind of comes to mind, but I feel like, again, that's kind of taking the easy way out, picking a running back. Um, a guy that, you know, has tested well and everything um, that probably isn't going to go – and I kind of had him as a faller, even though maybe he ends up not falling. That's why I didn't. I felt like there was somebody else to put there. Um, Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Just kind of a, you it's know. It's the size. It's the size, which you don't need to be big, but it's the size is playing a part yeah. in – because he's tested pretty well across the board elsewhere – Played at Penn State. Penn State's had some studs in the league. You look at Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, um, those types of dudes. But, yeah, kind of Johan Dotson. There's just so much talent this year. You know, you – I don't know. It, he's just kind of tough. I, I, I could see him just kind of – you know, a guy like Christian Watson might intrigue a team yeah. more than a Dotson. So, that's just kind of – that, that would be my answer. Especially in the contested catch battle like that. Uh, Phil, is there any, like, is there any players you could see kind of like, uh, um, no, I was going to say if there was any, oh, Joe is off camera now. Um, sorry, I had, I'm sorry, but I had to leave, by the way. I had to take care of something real quick. That's all good. Um, basically, the thing with this question was, is there some players that, like, from if you saw from the combine, do you think there's someone who can, like, another faller you have potentially a guy, you know what you could see him maybe teams are high on him, but for some reason when it comes to draft night, he, his numbers kind of like, he kind of falls a little bit to where everyone kind of starts scrambling. Yeah. That's a hard one. I, I don't, I was, I saw that. Um, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I'm not going to try to dig somebody out. Um, even with this players. question, right. Even with this question right here, I'm just going to cut you off because I'm like, I'm not like, no offense to you, but if like, if you don't have an answer, I just feel like I was no, just going to keep no, the conversation no, flowing. No, you're good. If don't apologize, you're fine. I feel like overrated. I this is a draft. I honestly don't see anyone in that category. I feel like a lot of the players are going to go top ten. If you want to look at any overrated players, I look more towards the QB class in this draft, where you know, like how Joe is saying, like not so much Malik Willis. I think Malik Willis has the NFL potential, but I think I look at the Matt Corrals, the Kenny Pickett's, the Sam Howells, those kind of guys where I don't see them as, you know, they're going to come in the league and light the world on fire level quarterbacks. And they can amount to something in their careers. I think it's a plus, but I don't look at any of these QBs and go from five years from now, they can be the faces of the league. Like, you know how 
it took Josh Allen a few years to go. Um, but which on a funny note, if you ever have a spare minute, go back and look at the tweet when he was drafted, the amount of Bills fans that were clamoring for Josh Rosen to now graveling at Josh Allen's feet <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. And one thing I'll say about Kenny Pickett is like, and, and that's what's what kind of sucks about some of these quarterbacks. Like I think Kenny Pickett is a great project. Like I think if he can sit, he's not going to go to a team that's like this, unfortunately. He might, maybe he'll shot, it'll shock me. But I feel like he's going to go to a team where he's going to eventually need to start like soon. But I feel, I feel like he would have been the perfect situation if he could sit behind, say, Brady or whoever, like, in, and and learn. I think it would benefit him a lot. But he's not going to probably get that opportunity, unfortunately, for him. So he's really going to be put up or shut up early. So Because I think he's probably going to go to the Steelers if Malik doesn't go to the Steelers. And another thing to that I just want to address before we get into Joe about this is I feel like a Kyle Trask opportunity is what I compare like a Kenny Pickett to, you know, where – Going somewhere and being the backup is not the worst thing in the world. That would be ideal. However, like just addressing Kyle Trask, that's a that, that's almost kind of like the Packers version of Jordan Love. Even yeah. though the Bucks didn't take him until the late second, like they sure could have used anybody else last year. Um, yeah, I think especially as in, essentially as in especially as injuries piled up, and from what I've heard, Kyle Trask, like there's a reason that they keep bringing back. Um, Gabbert, uh, the Gabbert, yeah, and Gabbert, even yeah. they've kept uh, they've kept um, Ryan Griffin on the practice squad. Oh yeah, that little nugget of a guy. Yeah, Let me just so say this: you're, you're it's, playing it's Gabbert. Te- yeah, it's kind of <laughs> if you read between the lines, there it doesn't look yeah. too good for Kyle Trask, which I know is still early, but um, yeah, it's not yeah. over necessarily. But yeah, like you no. said, I think. It's clear that it's not time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not time and it's not going as, you know, because you, ideally yeah. you're not wasting a roster spot on, right. you know, somebody like that. But um, just one honorable mention, just because I could not leave them out. Um, as far as like, I thought about it and I was like, I'll feel really bad if I leave them out. Um, as far as like sleepers go, but uh, Leo Chanel, linebacker Ooh. from Wisconsin, that he, he, He's like super smart team captain type dude. Uh, just absolute surefire t- d- dude that's not going to miss tackles. He knows his assignments. Um, I can't believe, and he might be a riser. Like if somebody, if somebody's like, "Hey, that's my dude," they might go get, they might go get him. But right now, he's projected like third round. Yeah, he's someone Phil that I look at the Patriots to take at their second round pick. I believe at fifty, it's either fifty one or fifty four. One of the numbers is confusing me, but it's one of those two numbers. I think it's fifty four. That's a number. That's a player where I look for the uh, Patriots to take. So just keep Leo Chanel circled if he does get taken by the Pats on day two. Which fingers crossed. And I know a lot of Pats fans have him as their draft crush. And I think if if the if the Patriots board is shaping up to where you know, like, let's say like a Devin Lloyd or a Nicobe Dean is still on the board. They might pass on them hoping again, opportunity cost, right? They might go get somebody that they think that caliber of player is not going to be there when we pick again at a different position where they can, instead of going in to get Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd, um, which I think Devin Lloyd's going to be a stud uh, thinking that, okay, Hey, we can go get a different position of need and then still feel, uh, feel really good about filling that same need later with a Leo Chanel. Exactly. And also, too, with the Patriots, I'm going to make a note right now. Um, one of Ale- um, Alec Phillips, or yeah, Alec Phillips, uh, Kyle Phillips from U- UCLA, um, 
Slade Bolden, Britton Covey, Phil, one of those four players will be a New England Patriot by the end of next week. Just I don't make the rules. That's how it goes. One of those four players <laughs> will be a New England Patriot. Would be Slade Bolden. I would not be shocked. Um, one Before we get out of here, guys, there's actually a question I wanted to ask you that I've been asking a lot of podcast guests recently. We all know that this division that you guys, if you're watching on YouTube live right now, you know that this division is crazy loaded with talent. You know this division has four teams that are really good. But if you had to pick a team out of these four teams in that division to be a disappointment and miss the playoffs in 2022, between the Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos, who is it and why? Mine's easy. I'll let Joe Joe go first. Unless we have the same Uh, one. (laughs) It's mine. mine Mine would be the Broncos. Same one, same one, and and the reason why I think the Broncos is because listen, I think there's more on. Like I'm not, I love Russell Wilson, so it pains for me to say this, but I think there's there's more. It's more the blame does belong on him than than it really gets on him when it comes to Seattle. Like that's not that's not the same Russell Wilson. Like when he went to ever since now that he's, you know, it was a big move. I get it. Like you know, it's gonna get praised to a certain level, but now people are forgetting like how bad he has played in certain elements. Like we all, Griff, you remember this, the only Patriots team in the last decade to not uh, go over 500 <laughs> almost beat that Seattle team. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, and they were, they looked good at the time. Um, But I, I'm just, I just, I, I love Russell Wilson and I'd love to see like, I'd love to see him do well elsewhere, but I, I just don't think, especially in that division, you're going to get beat up. Like not everyone can come out of it. That's my easy pick. Like I I'm, I'm not even doubting it. Like I know some people said the chargers, which I it would probably be the second there. Cause I think the Raiders got even better. And I mean, the chiefs, I can't imagine them just completely falling off, but um, you know, they may, they may lose a beat or two maybe, but. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with you. just real quick, I don't even like. I, I'm not. I don't even have to knock the Broncos. I think it's just the other three teams are better. That's a good, yeah. Right there, you go. But if you flip the question in, which quarterback has the most approved? Though I put that all on Derek Carr, just because he just got the new contract and he's got Devonte Adams, and it'll be, I think a lot of people are expecting a lot out of the Raiders. So I've said this for a while. That's my pick to be the disappointment this year in the AFC West. Is just because we don't know what Derek Carr we're going to get. That's all. New coach, too. Um, So I kind of – I get it. Um, It'll be interesting, I think. That team has so much talent, though, man. So much talent. It's it's all a wait and see. I got two of my receivers, but (laughs) – like this Randy question, which what's the team that most improves from this draft? Um, Not dunking on you or knocking you again, but – Come back to me next Saturday afternoon at around 6 o'clock, and I'll have a pretty good answer for you. But like I said, I'm not knocking again. I just feel like with um, with what team has the most – what's the team that most improves from this draft? I'm looking at those teams where, you know, they're multiple knocking – Multiple picks or knocking on the playoff door. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a team that a lot of people look at. They hit a home run on this draft. I'm going to say that right now. Considering, look, you lost Tyreek Hill. Mahomes' monster contract kicks in this year. So 
that's a team where they have the most, I think the most at stake to where it's, you have to see these, you have to see them, them hit you. Brett Veach has to hit on these draft picks. Now we know you're not going to go seven for seven in a drafter. I think they have like 11 or 12. So you know what I mean by that, where it's teams like that though, because I look at a lot of these teams that are in the rebuilding phase and I don't see any of them that are competitive. Like hell, Carolina does not have a draft pick after number six, I think until like number 104 or 105. So I don't know how they're going to improve. Um, the Denver Broncos, another great reason of why they could be the worst team in the AFC West is because their first pick isn't until 60. So there's a lot of these teams that you got to hope that you hit on day two and day three. And so if I had to give a team that most improves, I'm going to go Kansas City, but that's just because there's a lot of pressure on them to improve. Yeah, um, to kind of not just go, I completely agree. I think to kind of go in a different direction and give a different perspective, um, I would look at like, I think of a division that's up for grabs, a team that if they kind of hit it right, could, could, um, could, I mean, they made the, they were a playoff team last year, but maybe get a playoff win or secure the division type of, type of thing. Um, I would look at like, huh? Arizona. I was going to say the Eagles. Ooh, that's a, I'm going to say this right now with them. They have to hit on at least two of those three first round picks. If they go less than two for three, there, there's no yeah, coming back. It's not from that. Be good. Yeah. You, you got to hit. If you're the, I think the Eagles, it's this question right now should be which team has the most pressure. I'm going to give Chiefs and Eagles my answer. Um, can I give you another one that's in that category of if the division's kind of up for grabs, even though I know I feel like this team's going to win it, but I feel like this is a team where if they have a good draft, it could really put them over the hump to get into the playoffs. Minnesota. It's the, it's the Vikings. Yeah. Was what was halfway yeah. out of my mouth. Phil, is there any Doesn't team like they're yeah. always, always right I mean, there, though? <laughs> Minnesota's always I mean, that team that's right there, but like Minnesota's got to look at Kirk Cousins is – Kirk Cousins, their defense needs a lot of improving. Um, offensive help, they need offensive line help. And two, I mean, they need um, Adam Thielen's not getting any older or not getting any younger. Excuse me. Justin Jefferson's pretty good, though. He is, but you need someone to compliment him. Like we saw the last few years with Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, Phil, where, you know, everyone was saying, no, look, I'm, you need I'm, a wide I'm receiver to take the. No, I get what you're saying. I I just wanted to give him a rub because uh, he's just so good. But oh yeah, um, I was gonna say something about. I feel like I was gonna say something, but I forgot. No, I, another like there's there's a lot of teams like along with that question that like they need they're not at like they don't need to be most improved like needed to keep adding to what they are so they their path keeps getting that way. Um, and it's like you said, it's mostly those teams with multiple picks. Like you have two, two or three picks, whatever, you know, you like your giants, your jets, your, your Eagles, you might, some of those may not be close, but those picks could still be very crucial in either keeping you going in the trajectory, trajectory of going up or, or, or worse, like keeping you the same or going worse. So I think that they could still be like, cause that's the t- like, if you can't build, you've built, you've already done what you can in the free agency pool. Now it's time, which you can still make pieces there. There are some 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 uh, parts out there, but I think like like there's still like the draft could be the point where you can do that, and you don't have to worry about whether you're fighting over other teams. Like you make that pick, and it's there, it's yours. So, um, 
Um, because I, I think, think especially top picks, like even though you might miss, like you might not get one guy, like there's so many good talents there. If as long as you pick the position that's going to help your team, the Jets, for instance, I don't care how good you think your offensive line is, protect Zach Wilson. Bengals did made that mistake. Like I, I say, made that mistake. This is a hot take, but Jamar Chase is amazing. But an offensive line uh, le- lineman, like I can make the argument, they win that they could they they're better in shape in that Super Bowl with 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 uh, alignment, which I know Jamar Chase ask that's saying a lot. But I think that alignment was a was a was a huge deal uh, uh, for, for a reason why they they didn't uh, get over the hump. So now they're going to get that lineman help. I think they already did. I can't remember who they got, but they got uh, they got right. They got Ted Karras. They got, they got Lyle Collins. Right. So, and also, too, they got Alex Kappa from the Buccaneers. Um, so which, like a number, you know. which, going into this quickly, does Zach Wilson make the Jets better this year? Um, I'm going no, because if they need to get the help around him, both on the offensive line side and on the side, too, they got to give him something else to work with when it comes to a receiver, because Jamison Crowder is a Buffalo Bill. We kind of know what Corey Davis is, and Michael Carter's a good running back, but I think they need to beef up the offensive line if Zach Wilson's truly going to have that second-year leap. Um, just some other questions right here. The um, what was I was gonna look at? The Giants. Though, this, I, by the way, I would hate this, but I would because they were all in on Tyreek Hill. I would not like the Jets. Not if they're not all in on Debo Samuel, they're idiots. I will say that about the Jets because of how, I, how I'm all gonna... in they were on Tyreek Hill, and I'm way bigger on Debo. So I will say that. If the Jets aren't, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they they're idiots, but that's my fan talking. I just think that if uh, John Lynch calls Joe Douglas and says we want four and ten for Debo, the Jets won't do it. That's my big thing. Oh, I do not think the Jets will trade away. They'll trade away one of them. Like they'll say, "Hey, you can have pick number ten. But I don't think there's a hope in hell that the Jets are going to be trading away. I wouldn't even give them four. Like I'm not saying that, but I do think that they need to be in on that. Yeah, like with Debo and then with the Debo Samuel thing. Don't be shocked if it's a draft day trade. You know how in like years past we've had a lot of those like bombshells. Like last year was the Aaron Rodgers news that dropped uh, there. But then with all this too, I feel like the Niners are going to try their best to keep him. But if push comes to shove and he just wants out, I think that they got to get rid of him. But we'll wait and see what happens with like him, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, etc. Which I think McLaurin and Brown are going to sign contracts. Um, if I was a team, too, just to jump in real quick, if yeah. I was a team that was making that commitment, and I, I think Debo is amazing, um, if I'm making that commitment to get him, I want a commitment back that, like, it's a surefire thing that he's going to extend his contract. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, you know, yeah. Tyreek Hill signed, trade, got traded in Miami, then signed, I think it was a four- or five-year deal. Yeah, I think you'll see the exact same thing. It's going to be, uh, hey, we traded it for him, we locked him up. I don't think it's going to be, oh, hey, I will trade you and just – Get we got you to get you out of here because obviously it's not going to be like a rental. No, know. it's not a rental. It's we we traded for you. We expect long term commitment out of you. Um, the only things I see right here is draft day trades. I think that if there's a player that falls that a team loves, like how last year the Eagles had the chance to get Devontae Smith at ten and they traded with Dallas to get him, I could see that. Uh, just looking at Randy's question, so I don't know the exact number. I think that's just too hard to guess. Um, there'll definitely be plenty. There'll be plenty, I think. There will be. There will be a lot. Um, and then right now, I'm just going to address this one quickly. If I were the GM of the Bears, um, Randy, if you want to go back and listen to the episode that I did with Tommy Stout about a month or so ago, 
Um, I'm going to look it up on my phone right now because I like to say the famous meme of the Bears traded Matt and Ryan for Matt and Ryan. Um, when did I record that episode? Well, he's looking that up. If I'm the Matt, if I'm the GM of the Bears, I just quit. Oh, episode number 157. That's what I did. Episode 157. So if you want to know what the Bears are going to do or what the Bears would do, go listen to that episode with Tommy because Tommy is our resident Bear fan here on the YWC Football Talk family. Um, But I – look, folks, I'm going to say this because I think think we're going to wrap it up unless you guys have any other points we want to make, but we'll get into it. If you're an NFL fan, enjoy the week. Because I'm going to end on this one right here. Uh, where is it? Where is it? He's, he asks so many questions. We appreciate it because he gives us a lot of details. Are you really excited for this year's draft? I'm always excited for the draft, but not as excited as I was for 2021 because of the hype, with, especially with the Patriots. We didn't know what they were going to do with the whole quarterback situation. And 2020 obviously triumphs because that was the only sporting event on at the time. But – as a football junkie, as a football guy, football nerd too, even though I'm not that good with analytics, I just follow them, use them as a, like a I use them basically as like a tool. Um, what's it called? Which we have another commentary in on here, and I'm going to say this right now. What's up, Brandon? <laughs> Get us to opening weekend. Shout out Classic. That's a perfect way. Get us to September Thank because man. after this, after the draft and the schedule come out, we just want to take a skyrocket to September. Um, while you're here, classic, actually, um, what does the Tennessee Titans do was a question answered by Randy. So if you're still in here, if I know you're the tight, I know you're a Titans fan. What would you want the Titans to do? So you can answer that in the comments. Um, but honestly, like, I feel like draft day excitement, just, it comes and goes, but this is the time of year where we all look at it, where we're like, we love it. We're going to be dialed in Thursday night, watching four hours. We're going to be dialed in Friday. We're going to be dialed in Saturday. So it's just. Feed me the draft. Yeah, I agree. And it's just, you know, it's like you said, football is like has more multiple times of the year. So it's, it's real fun. Um, I know people have, they're going to hate me that are NBA, especially Brandon, because <laughs> uh, that love the NBA final, uh, you know, the NBA where well, you, you are too, Griff, but yeah. Um, you talking about Christmas? Is, no, uh, no, I'm just talking about NBA. Like the NBA playoffs are on right now and we care uh, about, the, yeah. about the draft. So. I thought you were going to say that now uh, the NFL is stealing Christmas. Oh, they are. They're playing three that's games. Not good. Yeah, that's a good point, though, Joe. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, the NFL slaughtered the NBA in ratings last year for Christmas games. So this year, then this year is going to be worse. <laughs> so, and I think, like, not to knock the NBA, I just think, like, if you know, there's only you know 17 NFL games for your team, whereas it's like, okay, opportunity cost. I'm gonna like if the Pistons are playing and then the Lions or the Bucks happen to be playing on you know, Christmas day, like I'm going to be watching football and that's only because we only get 17 of them plus playoffs like NBA. I can tune in, you know, you kind of take it for granted the more that there is. Um, also too, just going to address this question, not next year in Kansas city, maybe 2024. We all know where that's going to be. Detroit rock city. Just want to throw yeah, that out there. I'll be back for that. No question. I think I'll have to make the drive down for that. It's just it's too close not to go. Yeah, I've got, yeah I've, I'm already talking to a bunch of friends about it. We'll be, I'll, I'll be back. I figured. Keep Joe me on the loop on that. Sure. Keep me on the loop on that. For sure. Um, I was just going off of what Brandon said about um his Titans and stuff. But there's so many Super Bowl windows that close so quick, 
and we, that's I think Griff said this before when, we, when we've been on a podcast, and I was thinking of it the, the other day. It's like the Bills, they they you got to win it like now because like a, you never know when that window is going to close. Like everybody gets so like you know because there's so many teams like the Patriots, the Colts, like were that were there for like that were in the picture for so long, but it's like that doesn't happen as often as it as it used to. So I think you know, and and I think ten, I think the Titans honestly their win their perfect window got shattered by Mahomes because that was the year I thought they were they were cruising that year. So I really thought it, like if they could just beat Kansas City, that was them. That that was the year, um, but it didn't happen. I, I think um, I think Tennessee probably needs some wide receiver help. Yeah, it's yeah, just, who they're doing is not the answer. Unfortunately, they could go them. get someone in the first round. But even to this question, I know we were talking about the quarterback stuff. But if there's a quarterback right there that's viewed as a project, I think the Titans are kind of the perfect team for a project quarterback to get drafted to. But I'll say this too about Tannehill. Like Tannehill is the perfect example of, as long as it's good Tannehill, you're fine. But you can't. He can't make mistakes. He can't be bad. Like other quarterbacks can overcome it. Like your your Brady's, your Rogers, your Mahomes. Like. They can have like kind of like a bad game, but yet still come back and and do it. Tannehill's not your guy. Once he gets you in a hole, that's it. So we, I think we could one day get a easy. whole podcast with Ryan Tannehill love and hate. <laughs> which one side of it is Big Rat and classic, and one side right. of it is Bobby and Danny? Because we've seen it on Twitter <laughs> yeah. numerous times. So it's, it's just Tannehill's just got it. Like you know, he's when he's good, he's good. But you can't have bad Tannehill, and we got that in the playoffs last year. Exactly. That's that's a big thing with it. You just got to hope you get the right Tannehill. I look at the Indianapolis Colts as a scary threat this year because I like Matt Ryan, especially with especially with how good Indiana Indianapolis is, excuse me, offensive line is plus two. The Colts and the Titans are in that same category. They both need receivers. Look, I know the Colts have YWC Football Talk's favorite wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., and they have Paris Campbell, but they need someone else. And the Titans need someone else to go along with A.J. Brown, which I'll say this now. AJ Brown's not going anywhere. John Robinson's going to get a contract done for him to stay in Tennessee. He did it for Derrick yeah. Henry. They're going. They're, he's going to stay. Um, just th- that's the thing about this year. There's all these conversations, and Thursday night we get to see it all unfold. So, folks, I'm going to let these two wrap and uh, say some final remarks before we wrap it up. But enjoy the NFL draft. Enjoy this one week for note, what it is. One final note I'll say about the Titans is they had nine sacks against Joe Burrow, if I'm not mistaken. So. They were like, like, I mean, that's they had they have that part of it. They just, like I said, Tannehill couldn't match that. So Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Jeffrey Simmons, and what's the guy's name, Harold Landry. Yeah, Landry. Yep, that dude's a beast. I've known that. Yeah, yeah. But I won't, I won't keep it going. But thank you for having me. It was good to have uh, be back on. I know it takes for ever sometimes. You know, I'll blame I'll blame Target, but (laughs) um. Randy, thank you for the for the comments always, man. And Joe, it's been great being on here with you as well. Yeah, likewise. Um, super excited, of course. Like I said, to kick it off, it's it's a top sporting event for me of the year. Just absolute junkie about it. Um, love the drama. Love how each team tries to navigate um, their way in which they think that they make themselves better. So um, can't wait and. Um, if you want, you guys want to get a little group chat going the night of, I'm down. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we should do that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, folks, I'm here to announce the last two podcasts that are remaining before the draft. Ray Route of Dear Pats Nation will be back on with me Tuesday night as we get the. We're going to do a full Pats primer. So Randy, Phil, look out for that one. We're going to be doing a full 
Patriots primer, get you guys ready, That's State all. of the Union address. And also, too, for the first time ever, I have an L.A. Chargers fan at NFL Jewels will be coming on here with me Wednesday as her and I discuss the Chargers. It's a team that I've always wanted to talk to fan bases about. This year, I don't know if you've listened to a lot, Phil, recently. We've had Cardinals fans on, Vikings fans, just I'm pulling out all the stops. I did a Bills podcast last week, even though Joel Miller III is a great, great friend of the show. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. As always, we are sponsored by BetStamp here on YWC Football Talk. For the best sporting odds, download the BetStamp app. Best odds at any sports book, if legal in your state. Use promo code GRIFFBE to download BetStamp today. But anyway, guys, enjoy the NFL draft. Enjoy the season. And most importantly, Enjoy this week. Have a good night, everybody. Go Pats. Go Pats. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.